0: Welcome to the Footwear Insight Extra podcast from Formula 4 Media in Great Neck, New York. Formula 4 Media publishes vertical trade magazines, Outdoor Insight, Team Insight, Textile Insight, and Footwear Insight, with related digital publications, Team Insight Extra twice monthly, Textile Insight Extra once a month, and Footwear Insight Extra on Wednesdays. Now it's time for the latest podcast. Today I'm speaking with Mr. Johnny Eads, who recently returned to Reef as Senior Director of Product. Initially, he was hired by the company's founders, Santiago and Fernando, as a design manager in 2003 and moved to director of product in 2009. Later, John, who describes himself as a product of Reef University, launched his own brand, Veer Sandal Company, and built a U.S. factory from scratch with his partner. And after eight years in that role, he was recruited to lead the footwear product team at Roxy. Now a senior director of product for Reef, his team is focusing on and the standard on fit and incorporating sustainability in all parts of the manufacturing process at Reef. Well, good afternoon, John. Welcome to the Fuller Insight Podcast. Good afternoon, Bob. Thanks for having me. Well, first, John, you've had a long career in the sandal building. In sandal building, could you offer some insight on how the U.S. sandal market has evolved in recent years, especially during the during the, COVID pan, the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: You know, like with everybody else, we've really seen the shift to casual. and It's kind of played right into what our strengths are. Everything consumers are looking for easy and comfortable and casual. And as a result, we're actually having a record year. We just had our largest shipping month on record in the history of reef. And so that's something that we, that we want to make sure that, that we're staying up on, you know, all kinds of articles out there we're seeing where people are ready to dress up again, but throughout it all, we're also seeing that they want to maintain that comfort that they got used to. You know, they've kind of asked for that comfort and, they, and they've kind of gotten used to being at home and, and having everything that way. And really when we focus on fit quality comfort, it's really, it's really worked out well for us.
0: You've seen uh, the overall sandal market. I know Reef, I believe correctly, um, if you correct me if I'm wrong, started really in the beach sandal business, but have you really seen um, a further segmentation of the overall sandal market in recent years? We really have
1: seen it expand beyond the beach. I mean, you're absolutely right that Reef started way back in 84 as a beach culture, surf culture brand. But the product we make now really extends beyond that. We've seen a huge opportunity and growth for us in clogs this year believe it or not, which is pretty far from the beach. But it does come back to when we talk about making great sandals, we talk about making things that are really comfortable, really easy to wear. And that expands pretty far beyond the beach. Our market extends pretty far inland and globally. Not a whole lot of beaches in in Germany, but we're selling a lot of sandals there right now.
0: Prognosis for the overall growth of the market in the U.S. and worldwide, not reef particularly, but just the overall sandal market. You you see uh, single-digit, double-digit growth for the category overall because of so many people into it or...?
1: We're seeing double-digit growth in the category, not just from us, but from from the category as a whole. And I I think, again, it goes back to that people really expecting that comfort now. they have gotten so used to it, and they really expect it. And it's beyond three points. Sandals, for sure, have expanded beyond three points for us. That's where our history is. That's where our success has been. That's where the most of our volume has been over the years. But we're seeing it really expand into two-banded slides into one-banded slides, into clogs in some cases, and really blurring those lines between where it stops being a sandal and where it starts becoming more of a closed-toe shoe. But we're seeing the category really expand there, and, and that blurring of the lines is playing a role in it.
0: And I know consumers have really flocked to the internet in terms of making purchases, including footwear, but in terms of traditional brick and mortar retailers, are more retailers asking to carry sandals or expanding their breadth of sandals? Where maybe before they carry one or two brands, and now they're carrying more.
1: Uh, it's interesting because we are seeing a little bit more of that. In part, we can fit a lot of sandals in a tighter space. in In our traditional markets, we sell on stands; it's free hanging on, on hangers, and so we can pack quite a few more. The founders, Fernando, Fernando and Santiago, used to call it a money tree because they could fit so many sandals in a tight space vertically. But even still in some of our other retailers where, where the product is boxed, we're seeing quite a bit of competition there with other brands getting into it. And especially if you consider the slides and clogs in that category,
0: it's a pretty crowded marketplace. To my next question, John, talking about the car marketplace, it seems that Reef would have an upper hand in the fact that you have some authenticity, a long history in the sandal business. It's not somebody who just came along and plopped a name on a sandal and said, oh, here's our new sandal brand. You know, you have some well, longevity and people know the brand, older consumers back in, who are now older, who maybe purchased back in 84, in the mid 80s versus maybe the younger consumers today, the Gen Zs. Tell me a little bit about how the brand has evolved over its history and, and uh, you know, where it's headed in 2022.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Let's see, uh, how far back do you want to go? I mean, the brand was launched in 84 by Santiago Fernando, as I mentioned earlier. Over the history, one of the things that that drew me to Reef in the first place, I was first at Reef in the early 2000s, and it's just that we are sandal experts here. And and I think that that is, to your point, kind of given us a leg up and that people do recognize us as experts in this category. Um, You know, I think we make the best sandals in the world, and I think that that's not by mistake. I think that we make the most comfortable, the best fitting, the longest lasting sandals in the world, not just in in the market, in the world. And that's the kind of stuff that drives me personally. And I think it drives our team of sort of sandal passionate crazed people. To your point, I think it does give us a leg up. And I think people look to us that way. You know, we joke about sandals being so hard because they're so easy and they really are easy. It's not rocket science and they should be easy. But I tell this story once in a while. I remember my first job Way back when I started, a fit issue came up with a tennis shoe. And the solve to it was to add more padding in the collar and add more sock liner. I joke about that because sandals are only three points of contact and they're so simple. But if you mess one of them up, it messes the whole thing up. There's no adding more padding to make it fit better. There's no adjusting the footbed at the last minute that it has to be right to be done. And that's the kind of thing that that we look at. But when you talk about consumers looking to us for that, I think that we're known for that. And I think that we're known for being the best in the business, we're known for a consistent fit. We're known for consistency. Every time you come, you can expect the same thing. And I think that you, you expect a little bit more value when you come to us. And I think that's one of the things certainly that drew me back here. As far as how we're evolving and where we're going, you know, I think we're in the midst of a transformation. Reef has been a pretty narrowly focused surf company in the past. And I think that that transformation is really moving towards being the best sandwich company in the world now we're we're still based in surf we're always going to be based in surf it's who we are it's where we came from it's what we it's what we believe in it's what we live by but the brand reaches far beyond the beach and i think that's pretty exciting
0: that leads us to our next question has there been a broadening of the skew base and distribution strategy like you have a separate line for surf shops and a separate broader line for more mainstream consumers or oh for your for your website how store how does that work and Sure, I think you know there's some
1: interesting things in there. Bob. first of all, we've noticed great mainstream success with some styles that we launched that were pretty surf shop focused when they started. I don't think that the difference is, is that huge. That being said, there are some you know some subtleties between the different channels of distribution, and we are paying a lot more attention to that than, than we have in the past. I think that you know our selection is really from our, from more of an upper level upper entry level price point. We're never going to make a four-dollar flip-flop. We're not even going to make a, you know, $18 flip-flop. We're we're really our entry level, we expect a little bit more out of it that, but really all the way up into what we would consider more premier price points, you know, the 100 dollars price points for a standalone and $10 price points for a standalone. And we're seeing some some good success there. And so I think we have some flexibility within that. And I think that we have some flexibility to continue to move up every time we've introed in that upper price point. There's been good response to it. From a channel standpoint, interestingly, you know, going to reef.com direct has offered us some opportunities that maybe we wouldn't have had before. We were able to push those higher price points and tell the story there and see success where we might not have seen it before. So to answer your question, we are certainly looking at some segmentation within our different lines and how we can best meet the needs of the broad consumer base that we have. But it doesn't mean that that we ever stop, you know, obsessing over those details, which makes it kind of fun. Yeah. In most cases, you know, for as long as we've been around, almost we've had a close-toe program. We were actually pretty heavily involved in skate at one point in the in the mid '90s, in the late '90s, and beyond that in in our EMEA markets. Close-toe has always been a little bit of a challenge for us because we have been so so well known in open-toe and so successful in sandals. Uh, but it's something that you know, as I mentioned earlier, those lines are blurring a little bit. We're having a little bit more success there than, than we have in the past. And we see some some momentum there. And we're working pretty hard to, to keep that going. That said, everything is going to come back to comfort for us. Comfort is going to be our number one story. It's what it's what we want to make sure we're known for. It's what we are known for. And it's what we're going to continue to focus on.
0: Well, the target audience for the brand, is it younger consumers largely? Is it a combination of older consumers who know the brand from years ago and younger consumers as well? Is it more women than men, men and women? Can you talk about that? age isn't something that we, that we focus on too
1: much. One of the ways we look at it is, you know, you can, we're looking at, at more of a needs-based strategy around that. You could be 55 or 35 or 15 and your need could be the same. So I'm not sure that the age fits into it as well, as neatly as may, we maybe once thought it did. To answer your question a little, a little differently, we do have the loyalist consumer that has been with us for years and years. And they do keep coming back to us because they expect the same thing over and over again. And we strive to can, you know, keep that consistency. That said, you bring up a good point. There's so much opportunity for new consumers. And so, you know, it's one of the reasons that we're not super tight in our SKU count. If you're going to grow you have to have that opportunity to, to attract new consumers and you have to have that opportunity to provide something new for your, for your loyalists as well. So I think it's an exciting time to be here as we're expanding as we're as a we're experiencing such growth it's an exciting time to try some new things and to get some some new solutions in front of people
0: when retailers and consumers are considering adding to their sandal merchandise salt ones on their closet you know why reef and not another sandal brand
1: well i think we start with the fact that the the brand's pretty awesome been a great storytelling brand for 35 years it's pretty cool in that way and, and i think that it's a pretty sticky brand people are introduced to it i think that the brand resonates and it sticks with them so i think that there's a lot of power in that the, reputation of the brand is a pretty high quality reputation and a pretty consistent reputation. I think that that certainly helps when you're adding to your assortment or expanding your assortment, you want a brand that people are going to come back to. But beyond that, I think that the key to it is that we're really the biggest concentration of sandal experts in the world. We're obsessed with it. We're we're pretty passionate about it. I think the result of that is that our product fits better. I think that reefs perform better. They're more comfortable And we cover so many different usage occasions that if you're going to come in and you're going to add to a salmon merchandise assortment, if you're going to bring in a new brand, bringing in a reef just starts with that base. It reaches so many different consumers with so many different usage occasions that you're not limiting yourself. You're going with someone who has the back, has the background, has the backing, has the, the back end that can keep things moving through. I think it's just, I just think it's a great time to be this brand.
0: Well, John, tell me about Reese's Consumer First Product Creation Strategy and the importance of comfort and contour in each of the brand's products. This is actually
1: pretty great. We've done a lot of work here. It was one of the things I was I was really impressed with when I rejoined the brand at the end of last year. The team literally was going into people's closets across the country to see what they're buying and also what they're wearing. Did a ton of focus groups around the country, and we've really narrowed it down to a couple key, key sharp consumer segments. Really, in each gender that we're really going after, and they're both they're they're both based around varying priorities of comfort and style. So it really comes down to those two things for us: comfort being the mainstay of what Reef is, and then how important style is into that consumer buying purchase. You know what their usage occasion is, what they're what they're using that product for, how much style plays into it, and so it's really been it's been exciting to be a part of that. It's been exciting to understand what the consumers are looking for and why we've been able to gather so much data, not only through the focus groups and getting into their closets, but we've been able to, to use first insights to get some data. We've been able to get a ton of data through our own .com, And it really has helped us be really consumer segment focused in how we create, not just how we react, but how we create the product. That said though, honestly, Bob, it still does come down to cushion contour and the fit. I mean, those are, those are the three things that are going to keep people coming back.
0: John, and then uh, finally today on our podcast, I wonder if you could just talk about reef sustainability efforts and how you plan to, to up the approach going forward.
1: Yeah, this is another one of those things that I was pretty happy to see after I'd been gone for for as long as i have been gone. Way back in 2005 or 2006, we put together what was called a reef redemption at the time. And it was our first, our first real look at, at putting together some strategies that we could follow over the long term and how are we going to to take a more serious stance about being more environmentally responsible. And it is really good to see some of those things from a company standpoint, you know, being solar powered is a, is a great thing. There's no plastic in our building. And I think that that's one of those, those things that is good to see even after all this time, even after changes in ownership, that commitment from the people in the building and the core values of the company has stayed there to, to really be true to who we are. Again, remember we're tied to surf. We're tied to the ocean. I and mean, This is the playground we live in and, is where we live and work and play and and it's important to us to take care of that and it's easy to say those things but to be able to put some of those things in effort is really good and rewarding and and nice to walk back into the building and see you know little things you would consider little things like every all the lights are on timers all the water is on timers there's no like i mentioned there's no plastic in our building all the the carpeting is recycled carpeting things like that, that that add up to make a difference when we launched reef redemption we we use the mantra of what we can, when we can. We know that there's no magic bullet. And so it, it's important for us to find things and then implement things into a broader scale where they can be impactful. And we carry that over on the product side too. We know there's no magic bullet right now. We make a lot of foam sandals. We make a lot of sandals using synthetic materials as is everybody. But like everyone else, we're, we're trying to make meaningful approaches to it and implement meaningful things to it. A couple examples. Uh, we've been PVC free since since 2006, and we're among the first to, to go there. And we've stayed pretty true with that with all of our straps. We've we've changed all the webbing and all of our tow posts to a recycled PET, and that wasn't the case. We we're using different materials before that, and those seem like little things, but you know we've done 1.7 million yards of recycled PET webbing since that time. We're experimenting with different foams. We've used sugarcane foams in some of our in some of our sandals. We've We've actually got some pretty exciting stuff that we're still working on but again you know we just haven't been able to get it to market yet in a way that we feel confident about it but we're pretty excited because we think it's going to be coming out early next year so you know to sum it up from a sustainability standpoint we're really focusing on doing what we can when we can we're trying not to claim things that aren't worth claiming we're trying to, to stay away from the greenwashing side of things We really do want to make sure that we're using water-based where we can. We're using, like I said, the recycled PET. And we're taking steps towards finding new materials and implementing new materials in a way that can be impactful. We are in a nice position as a brand where we have such a wide stable of successful products and products we're known for that we're not in a position where we need to rush anything to market. I think that there probably have been times in the past where we felt that pressure and it's nice to be in a place now where we can hold back and make sure and put extra time into a product, and we and make sure that when we're we're releasing something, it's a nine or a ten. We don't have to put it out there, so let's make sure when we put it out there, it's perfect. And I think you know a good example of that is this this project we're working on from a sustainability standpoint that we'll see in 22. But another example would be from a you know our mainline product standpoint, a product called the Santa Ana. It was scheduled to be released in early 2020. And it just wasn't perfect. On the scale, it was probably a seven and that's not good enough. And so the team made the conscious decision to hold it back, to keep working on it, keep refining the contour, keep refining the fit. And we launched at the beginning of this year and it's already performing incredibly well for us. And I think that it just illustrates how the long-term makes more sense than the short term in that case. And I think that that's something that we're going to carry with us and make sure we we can continue to focus on that. We're only going to put out the best product. That's what matters.
0: Thank you for joining me today on the Fulter Insight Podcast, John. I've been speaking with Mr. John Eads, the Senior Director of Product for Reef, based in Carlsbad, California. Uh, This is Bob McGee.